to Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips, and Scott Smith here. And we are finally back to our normal, regularly scheduled programming and back at the regular weekly time here inside. We've done all those training camp reports live. Those were fun. They are super fun. I love being out there and having all the fans cheering the music going. Yeah, there's not going to be any drills behind us in here. Yeah, we don't have quite the excitement happening behind us, but we'll we'll try to make up for we'll it. We'll try to bring all the excitement here. And, man, we you do have help. a lot to talk <laughs> about. And, That's yes, true. all of you guys can also help us decide what we're going to talk about. Send in all those questions on Facebook if you're not already watching the show there head over to the Bucks Facebook page and put all of your questions in the comments below the live video as we let people uh, get those questions in we had the entire roster cut down over the weekend it wasn't a just a one-day thing there were even moves after that so let's start with Saturday for you the big 90 down to 53 cut down some of the high-level things that you yeah. noticed of either guys that were cut you were kind of surprised by or guys that made it that you were interested yeah. by and, and some of those early thoughts um, I think the two surprise cuts were the ones that were surprised to everybody so I'm not reinventing the wheel here or anything but veteran defensive backs Keith Tandy and Josh Robinson both of them technically safeties although Josh was basically that special teams ace I didn't see that one coming, and uh, for that reason, I was a bit surprised that Isaiah Johnson made the team, not because I didn't think he was a good player. Right. You know, he made he made the active roster at the end of last year and another time earlier in the year. He's clearly been a guy that's been improving throughout his two years here. I just thought it was going to be a numbers crunch and safety because right. I thought I'd already had five accounted for, and I didn't think we could keep six safeties when it seemed clear we were going to keep at least five corners. Right. We ended up keeping six. So um, that was a bit of a surprise, but when you see it shake out, you see they were able to keep six corners, and I think the reason for that was MJ Stewart, he still wasn't practicing on Monday. It looks like there's a chance he's not ready to go for week one, so you have another cornerback there, and it's actually a former New Orleans Saint, Devonta Harris, who was just cut by New Orleans a few weeks ago, and that's when we claimed him off waivers. Right, and <clears throat> so what did you think? We, we talked a lot about the idea of the roster moves being things where sometimes it's not that you're cutting a guy or keeping a guy just because of that, but because of all the other needs, what different guys can do. And special teams is one of the areas where we knew that there might be some cuts to make room for other positions that we knew just really earned their spot. And we talked about wide receiver mm-hmm. being one of the ones we thought could affect that. Is well, that it'll be saw? interesting to see who picks up the slack and the snaps and the tackles from two of your better special teams players in Keith Tandy and Josh Robinson. And, you know, that is a, general, a thing that generally turns over a lot because it's usually a lot of young guys. So it's not anything new that this is happening, but you do have to replace that. In addition, Devontae Bond is on injured reserve right now, and he was our leading special teams tackler last year. So some guys are going to have to step up. And you mentioned wide receivers. I think Freddie Martino and Justin Watson are two candidates for that. We already know that Freddie Martino is a great special teams player. Justin Watson seems to have the capability to be a very good special teams player, and he has said that he wants to do that. Um, The only thing about that is if both those guys – are up and active, that keeps six receivers active on game day, which isn't very common for us. And it would cost you something. You might only be able to keep out three tight ends instead of four or something like that. So it may be the case where only one of those two guys is active on any given uh, Sunday. You know, injuries obviously change matters, but so it'll be interesting to see which one gets the call because that guy is not going to get a ton of reps on offense with all the other four guys healthy. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, any position groups in general that had some things that you think are were sort of surprising or in general just guys that made it that you think, man, this well, is going to be interesting to see? I think going 10 deep on both the defensive and the offensive line is, is deeper than you usually see, uh, especially on the offensive line. I think nine is a more common number, and then you keep – 
uh, seven of them active on game day. But again, both of those positions and the decisions made at them were impacted quite a bit by injuries. <clears throat> you know, um, especially the offensive line. You still don't know what the status of Donovan Smith is going to be this week. He didn't practice on Monday. I wouldn't read a ton into that because that's a bonus practice and maybe you wouldn't really expose that guy to that anyway. Right. We'll learn a little bit more uh, about Donovan as the rest of the week goes on. Or we may not learn a whole lot because I have a feeling this is one of those topics where Coach Cutter isn't going to want to volunteer a lot of information. Right, of course. So, um, you know, it was not really – by the time we got to the cuts, it wasn't a particular surprise that Mike Libke made the team because he was one of the great stories of training camp, and he had made such a rise and had played so well, pressed into duty at tackle, which is the position he came in the league as, by the way, before the Bucks were working on the inside. So he has experience there, but it was good to see him hold up. And now on our very first depth chart we put out, Lidke is listed as the backup to um, Donovan Smith. Now, right. on game day, the reality of it is you really probably only keep one tackle up and he's your backup of the both spots, and that could be Leonard Wester instead okay. of Lidke. But then you also kept Adam Geddes, and you, you've had Evan Smith has missed a little bit of time. Caleb Beninak has missed a little bit of time. I think those are hedges against injury situations. And then, of course, we started on Sunday with 10 defensive linemen, but at the moment we only have nine because uh, they put Mitch Unright on injured reserve. And just a quick aside on that, uh, that was the plan all along. But you had to keep him on the 53-man roster at least into Sunday in order to be able to put him in an injured reserve but have him be eligible for one of those designated for return positions. That doesn't necessarily mean it'll be him in the end, but he's eligible for it now. So if he can come back after eight weeks, then he can. But now we're down to uh, nine, which is a little more common number for defensive linemen. Okay, and bringing up the injured reserve idea, how did injuries end up affecting uh, this roster, some of the guys that were put on some of the different injury um, areas because you know we hadn't known a lot all preseason because they're not required to put out stuff yeah. in terms of an injury report. So I feel like this was actually the biggest indicator of the overall health of the team yeah. all all preseason. Yeah, we'll look at the linebacker position uh, in the weeks leading up to it. We talked many times about how that was a great competition and. Um, and Coach Cutter, even when prompted, asked, where's the competition remain here in the last few days? What positions? And he'd usually say linebacker and wide receiver. Um, as it turned out, that competition almost was decided by default because both Devontae Bond and Riley Bulla suffered foot injuries, and both of them ended up going on injured reserve. Now, there's still a – if you put a guy on injured reserve before uh, you know, preseason's over – you can still work out an injury settlement with them and release them, and then they would, they, they'd be eligible to sign anywhere else, but they also at some point in the future could return to you. The, you have to, if you work out an injury settlement that is supposed to, the way an injury settlement works is you pay them for the number of games you think they would have missed had they been injured but still on the roster. Okay. So for, after you do that with a guy, he can return to you after that many weeks plus three. So okay. let's say if we made a five-week injury settlement with Devontae Bond, we could re-sign him eight weeks later if he was still there and there was interest in that. Okay. Uh, and, you know, we talked about there was the big cut down Saturday, but then there were some other moves the next couple days. And we actually had Ryan ask about how Carl Nassib is going to help. I'm sure that everyone is uh, pretty familiar with yeah, him if they've been they watching are. Hard Knocks. Yeah. Uh, we've got our own accountant here now on the team. And uh, he asked, is he really that much better than Will Clark, which was the yeah. corresponding roster? Yeah, and, and in that situation, I figured somebody's going to ask that. And it's really kind of the easiest answer, easiest question to answer, because clearly if you switch out one guy for another guy at the exact same position, you think he's something of an upgrade to you. And, right. and not to say anything bad about Will Clark, but they're always looking to do that, especially at the um, you know second or third levels of the depth chart. 
you're happy with the guys you kept. They like Will Clark, but if you see a guy out there, if you if you like player A, but player B becomes available and your grade on him is a little bit higher, it only makes sense as long as it makes financial sense and there's no financial issue with this one. So I just assume they think he's maybe a bit more of a, you know, maybe a more powerful guy off the edge. He maybe. is definitely <coughs> bigger than a, a lot of the guys that we'd had he's in, a big in guy. general. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. have some big D linemen, but uh, for a defensive end, he's he's a pretty yeah. big dude. I think it's an intriguing signing um, or claim. After I, I was a little bit surprised that Cleveland cut him. They, they cut him. They kept him to Sunday, and then they claimed five players off waiver. Remember, Cleveland uh, has that enviable position that the Bucks did in 2015, I think, where you have the first waiver claim and it's not right. like a guys used to playing fantasy sports know they if they have the first claim and they claim a guy they drop back to 12 or whatever the last right. in in the nfl until a game has been played or maybe i think it's three games have been played you have the first waiver claim on every single person that's huge so they used it and, and picked up five guys and and they decided one of those guys was better for them than carl nassib and then the bucks decided that carl nassib was better than them for them than Will Clark. Yeah, which is always interesting. Everybody <coughs> thinks of it as the roster cut Saturday, but it's so much more than that. You're wanting to see who else everybody else is cutting, and well, then it yeah. keeps going. And, you know, we talked about Mitch Unrein, and you you wanted to keep a spot for him to get him through to Sunday and then put him in injury reserve. So what the Bucks did, and they've actually done it two years in a row, is they cut both of their long snappers, and then they just signed Garrison Sanborn back the next day. Right. So he got cut and then signed back the next day. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they told him. Oh, yes, that, that this is what now, they Now, I mean, you take a little bit of a risk. If somebody comes along and wants to sign him, but considering sure. the fact that we just signed him a week ago, they probably figured it was a reasonable risk. And right. It worked out. That's true. Um, I know some people are tuning in a little bit later that weren't here at the very beginning. So Kevin actually asked who was the most surprising cut from Saturday. And uh, I know you kind of answered this at the beginning. Keith, but Keith Tandy. Keith Tandy, for sure. And, and safety overall was the position I think we probably got more questions about than anything all preseason. That's right. So taking into consideration he was someone that we didn't talk a ton about and especially not in the idea of thinking that he was in danger yeah, of getting no, cut so didn't. what instead of just the idea of him getting cut what does him getting cut tell you about the guys that are still on the yeah. roster and how that position will look well one of the things it tells you um is that they really like isaiah johnson they've had him here for two years he came on as an undrafted guy out of south carolina in 2016 made the practice squad and kind of unusually he was on the practice squad for every single week of the 2016 season that's a bit unusual because that turns over so much. Sometimes those guys get promoted to the active roster, or sometimes the, you've seen enough of them and you have you have more of a need at linebacker than safety or whatever, so you make a switch there. For one, for a guy to stay on the whole 17 weeks doesn't happen very often, but it's an indication that they liked him a lot, wanted to make sure they kept him around and took him to camp again next year. And then in 2017, it was another step up for him because twice he got promoted when the Bucks needed help at safety, once in October and once in December. So again, you're seeing they like him even more. Now, when Coach Cutter was discussing him on Monday, the first day we got to talk to him after the cuts, he really was saying how much that that player has improved over those two years. It's just a right. classic example of what you use the practice squad for. Right. So I got to I got to believe they like him a lot. You know, it's kind of the thing where he takes the place of a guy who's <clears throat> getting a little bit a little bit farther along his career probably in terms of how much he's making is more and you, that happens a lot in the NFL. It's it's natural turnover. It's it stands out a lot to us because like you said, we never talked about Keith as being in any danger and everybody loves Keith Tandy right. for good reason. And so when a guy that you value in so many ways, not just what he does for you on the field, but just what kind of a guy he is, you hate to see it happen. Right, that's true. Uh, I admit, Knowing him, I'm sure he took it um, well and, considered, and just started considering his next move. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I love this. Chris said he took Peyton Barber in his fantasy draft, in his fantasy draft so let him know to do well and make me look like yeah. a very smart person. Uh, so 
overall, we hadn't talked a ton about the running back position so far in terms of who all made the roster. I know that that was an area that you'd been sort of interested in in those last one or two spots there. And your your guy, Sean Wilson, you'd been yeah. singing his praises. Well, let, let's just be let, – let's – I mean, you got to back me up here that I was the first one on the Sean Wilson bandwagon. Oh, absolutely. Like, from I the will, very beginning of camp, right? He was my predicted you, guy to keep You were on. driving that train for right. sure. And, and a lot it. of people got on by the end of camp. Yep. And it, by the time we got through there to the end, I don't think there was a lot of doubt that he was going to make the team, especially after Charles Sims went on injured reserve. Because right. at that point, J- Coach Cutter almost always keeps four tailbacks on the depth chart, mm-hmm. at least. And, and actually, he usually keeps all four of them up on game day, and one of them at least will do something for you on special teams. Um, so Sean Wilson was basically battling Dari Ogumbawale, who was doing great and, by the way, made the practice squad. Yeah. But I felt like Sean was a little bit ahead of him, and uh, so I didn't think Dari did enough to pass him. So I didn't think it was a big surprise. But I, I like that. And, um, you know, the guy who drafted uh, Peyton Barber will be happy to know that he's our starter right, right now. And there was a lot of talk about Ronald Jones's uninspiring numbers in the preseason, right? And that's fair, but Coach Cutter really made a point, and you can see it in these games, that lots of times a broken-down run is somebody else's fault. And, you know, you saw the the very first carry in the last game. He got the handoff and was hit immediately by a a defensive lineman because there had been a bust up front, and the guy came immediately in. So that can happen. I would just say he didn't have a great preseason, but I wouldn't read too much into it. That being said, Peyton Barber looked great to me. Okay. And he deserves what he got. He was the one running back who, and he got to play with the first team line most of the time, so that says something too. But he was the one guy who was creating yards for himself, which is something he did very well last year. He's good at picking up extra yards after first contact. And, uh, you know, I just thought he looked a little bit more dynamic this year. He's, he's always been a nice, powerful runner, a good goal line back, but I think he looks more dynamic. Okay, we got about a minute left. We'll try to get through two last questions here. One, uh, Marshall wants to know, does Vita Vea have any realistic chance of playing on Sunday? Well, I th- we will know more about that in the next two days. He did not practice on Monday. Uh, if I'm a betting man, I would say it's probably not going to happen. Um, he would only get two or three practices. If he does play, I would imagine it would be in a very limited role. Um, I'm, and we are still just guessing here. This is not information that the Bucks have put out. Um, and Coach Cutter, again, was not real – I uh, didn't have a lot of details to share on this, but uh, he says, come along fine. But just from my guess, I would guess no. Okay. And then the last one here, uh, Kevin wants to know, do you consider Justin Watson the fourth or fifth wide receiver? Fifth, yeah, because all the, the other four in front of him have clear and obvious roles, and, and they're very productive players. Um, so it could be a little while till, like Godwin last year, it could be a little while till he has some significant role on offense, or injuries could open the door. Okay. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yes, he hopefully just either earns a spot or everyone's playing so great right. that we have the best just top depth. five wide receiver yeah. group in yeah. the league. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.